I am Loki of of Jotunheim, and yep, uh-huh. I, I'm burdened with a uh, with a yep big penis. <laughs> <laughs> we made for those of you yeah we made up a load of dick jokes in the in the break between episodes while we were just setting up for the second recording and uh apparently now danny is gonna bring dick jokes into this episode at great length yeah my hey boy there's a lot of mileage in a good dick joke there's no there's no two ways about it <laughs> We are such fucking children. Um, but before we talk about what we're talking about, which is the Loki TV show, obviously, we have some bullshit. So let's spin the wheel, Sorry, shall we? Why did you Why did you say it like that? It's a bit of build-up, Lewis. Come on. Let oh, me... right. Okay. Right. Whoa. Are we ready? No. Whee! How a proposed secrecy law would recast yep. journalism as spying. Dick jokes to um, dick jokes to laws being debated in the House of Commons. Yeah, isn't isn't that dick jokes to, that to looming totalitarianism? Isn't that great? Whoa. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, this is uh, Danny sent me an article in the week. It's a Guardian article, um, apparently written by Duncan Campbell and Duncan Campbell. I'm not sure quite how he wrote this one twice, but he's he's managed it. Yeah. Um. It's titled "How a Proposed Secrecy Law Would Recast Journalism as Spying." In case you couldn't tell from what Danny said. Um. Yeah. If you're not up to date with this, I can't blame you. Uh. Politics is nebulous, dull, and confusing. It's not worth keeping up with the minutia of every day. But this is important. Um. The Home Office uh, plans to remove um. The public interest defence for whistleblowing and could put reporters in jail. So what that essentially means is if a reporter goes to, um, I don't know, the Lord Mayor of London's office and discovers that uh, all day, every day, the Lord Mayor likes to go to Battersea Cat's home, get a cat, and then kick it out of a window. Um, and then he decides to blow the whistle on that activity, and he's like, look, the Lord Mayor's doing this. Uh, under this new proposed law... Uh, they could say, well, no, that's whistleblowing. You're doing damage to the government. Let's yeah. put you into jail. Yeah. Which is fucked. Yeah, very much so. It's it's a, it's a not-so-subtle attempt to essentially try and remove accountability from the absolute shit-wielding shiksters in our, mm-hmm. in our government, you know. And I think that this was really brought on because of uh, what happened with Matt Hancock. Um, that is literally just what Darius put in the chat. Yeah, I think you oh, might be right. Well, yeah, I think, I think you know... It's becoming more and more clear that the Conservative government, in my humble opinion, is a rotting, festering sore <laughs> that <laughs> that continuously um, just has no regard for people's lives or the law and just mm-hmm. keeps getting caught with our, with our fingers in the till. So, you know, what, what, what wouldn't you do but try and, you know, make <laughs> criticising us illegal? Indeed. It's, like, it's really weird. Like jail wasn't there isn't it like jail sentences up to like fourteen years if they embarrass um i i've i uh, maybe i i saw, this I saw that. Font that the they write this article in is difficult to like scan um yeah. yeah it's um it's really not great one of my favorite quotes from this article is journalism could create far more serious damage than a spy good wow if it could good yeah it should be able to do that because if you are in a situation where you think, wow, I'm sitting on some explosive news that could do damage to politicians, yeah. good, you should be able to share that. I would like to know the bad things my politicians have been doing. Because if you don't, then what's the point in electing them? Absolutely. Um, 
I hope I hope that this is obvious to most people that this is really how totalitarian states begin to form like just a complete and utter disdain for the for the journalistic press you know um it's it's I, I'm tempted to go into the the the, the realms of of fascism because do you know what do you know what? It's funny I say that. Wait two seconds. Uh, just... I feel like Danny's about to come back with like a manifesto or something. That's the vibe I'm getting. <laughs> I'm holding a book here. Ooh! By it is what it is a manifesto. You're right. By Umberto Eco. Okay. And it's called um, How to Spot a Fascist. Uh, oh. And Umberto Eco had fourteen particular points. When it comes to spotting um, fascism or seeing fascism form in in a country, you know, and uh, they're 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 pretty good, but they're not actually in the book, so I'm going to just search them. <laughs> Umberto Eco, fourteen points. Um, let's see. Uh, okay. Uh, the cult of tradition. That's the first point. There's a, there's a sort of, I would say that there definitely is a cult of tradition in the Conservative Party. You know, you've got mm-hmm. like Jacob Rees-Mogg with his uh, 19... Minister for the 18th century. Yeah, yes. absolutely. You know, um, the rejection of rationalism. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's a fucking big one with, with you know, the economy yeah. reopening and letting the bodies yeah, pile also, high. Um, um, yeah, the, um, what's the, yeah, maybe, maybe Boris. Maybe we should like a... Uh, you know, there's a pandemic. Maybe we should encourage people to wash their hands, wear masks, all that sort of stuff. No, no, let's reopen it. No, Fuck it. No, it's all good. Get you know, most most uh, medical people are telling uh, the government not to reopen, but Boris, you know, in his infinite wisdom, seems to seems to know what's best for yeah. himself and, just as and a, his rich as a brief buddies. interruption, yeah, just as a brief interruption, it goes without saying, but if you do not want to go without a mask or go without social distancing or whatever, just carry on. I know I, for one, am carrying on wearing masks. Yeah. I'm carrying on social distancing because it's not like the pandemic ended at the stroke of midnight Absolutely. a couple of weeks ago. Do you know what I mean? It's not like... There are still people dying. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Definitely. It's not like the, the, the COVID disease is dispelled immediately at midnight like some sort of fucking Harry mm-hmm. Potter mm-hmm. book, you know? Um, uh, the cult of action, distrust of intellectualism, you know, I think it was Michael well, I, Gove yeah. who popularly coined the phrase "the British people are tired of experts." Um, oh, oh, what? <laughs> Sorry, Sorry. they're tired of experts. Um, so you know, I think I think that that's pretty um, pretty uh, out there. Uh, the rejection of analytical criticism. I mean, all you have to do is look at the essentially any right wing politics. A lot of it because. It's it's a lot of sort of left wing politics. It, it literally puts it at the centre. It's like, oh well, you know, we've paid these scientists to figure out what the best way to do this thing would be. So let's do it that way because it appears to actually be the best way. Yeah. Um, things like UBI that have been tested uncountable number of times in sort of northern Europe, um, and have worked brilliantly every time. And so a lot of left wing policies like that are okay. Well, these scientists have done a million studies and have found it's actually really good for everybody. Um, so should we should we get involved? Do you think? Absolutely. Um, the appeal against the intruders, which I guess is a sort um. of reference to, you know, the the sort of rampant 
um, xenophobia when it comes to lit immigration and stuff like that. I mean, that was the whole mm. sort of catalyst for the for the the Brexit movement. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, the appeal to frustrated slash fearful middle class. Um, I don't recognise that yeah, one as I, much, but it's I kind of do to be honest with you. It's um, this is yeah, like I. I grew up in a sort of relatively middle class household, sort of lower middle class, and so I sort of I I I remember sort of seeing conservatism, well, conservatism, the conservative government sort of start to gain power and gain thor- gain authority by uh, appealing to sort of to to my parents and to households of people that I knew by sort of saying these talking points that 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 sort of people who were economically slightly well off were sort of like, yeah, okay, that does make sense, I can get behind that, yeah, okay, I understand that. Do you know what I mean? It's it's not as pronounced as 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 you know the day after the Brexit vote. Everybody was like, "Well, go home." Do you know what I mean? It's not yeah. as pronounced as that, but it's definitely out there. Absolutely. Um, what else? Uh, just two seconds. It's went off. Um, the obsession with a plot against the people. Um, I suppose I don't. I'm not sure if I quite get that. Yeah, one. I don't see. I don't see that as much. But it's you know it's important to sort of keep an eye out for these things i or mean is it maybe is that kind of a kind of a, a perversion of the um the they're all coming here and taking our jobs well um, yeah thing. i mean that that's a plot against the people absolutely. and oh they're telling you to wear masks don't don't what don't wash your hands don't wear masks yeah exactly that, do you know what i mean you know there's a sort of rampant conspiracism that's come with covid that there's some you know nefarious sort of backhanded dealings with with the virus as if it's just not a, a, a an actual you know, health problem. Um, the I remember. Um, sorry, this is a bit of a light-hearted interlude, but um, I remember just at the start of the pandemic, I was I would call my granddad. Um, I, I still do call my granddad, but at the start of the pandemic, I was sort of talking to him about it, and he said, um, "Yeah, do you know where it's come from? This pandemic, Lou." And I went, um, "I it's 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 come from China, isn't it? It's spread from somewhere in China." And um, he said, "Yeah. Well, I've been talking to me mates at the pub, and they think it's either come from China." Or it's come from UFOs. <laughs> okay, granddad. Perfect. <laughs> um, the building up and tearing down of national enemies. Um, I mean, all you have to really do is look at the influence that people like Tommy Robinson have had on the on on certain groups of people in this country. You know, you've you've had EDL marches and and you know people that. Katie Hopkins and 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 like just yeah. just these just these sort of previous media people that have now just shifted completely to to the you know the right wing of politics and constantly are talking about you know Katie Hopkins referred to immigrants as cockroaches and mm. just just utter despicable sort of rhetoric that that comes with these people and it's like you know Tommy Robinson was like part of like UKIP. You know, yeah. like it was like an actual established political party in this country. Like a man of that, just, just that, a man that vile and disgusting. Um, this is um, this is a bit of a tangent. Are you aware of what's happened with Katie Hopkins in Australia? Oh, what that she was awarded a, uh, an award that called her a cunt or something. Uh, no, but that is brilliant. Um, <laughs> she was on Celebrity Big Brother in Australia, or she was slated to be on Celebrity Big Brother in Australia. Yeah. And um, because in Australia, they have I don't want to say they've eradicated COVID, because I don't think that's quite accurate, but because it's a big island, they can essentially say, 
okay, you cannot come into the country if you aren't willing to just stay in a hotel for two weeks. Yeah. Um, and th- which is, I think, is what New Zealand have done and Australia have sort of followed suit. Um, so Katie Hopkins was flying over there to participate in Big, Big Brother um, and sort of was like, yeah, I'm not going to stay in the hotel. Like she was sort of saying this to people like uh, on the way and talking to her, talking to people as she, as she could. Like, yeah, I'm not going to stay in the hotel. I'm not going to wear a mask. I don't really think it's real and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. You know, all this, all this right-wing conspiracy nut job type stuff. And um, yeah, then they were like, okay, bye then. And the Australian government just kicked her out and sent her back to England. That is fantastic. Um, it is because it's 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 so rare because she's rich and white. She will not see um, sort of consequences for a lot of her despicably racist and offensive things that she does. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to see her get a comeuppance every now and then. Yeah, definitely. Um, there were because I, I mentioned I mentioned the video where it was like I think. It was someone from like, Australia or New Zealand that had like pretended to like, be this organization of like-minded people, and she was invited as the guest of honor and was given this award. And it like, mm, the, mm. the the um, abbreviation spelled uh, cunt. And she yeah, sp- it was yeah yeah. She spent like an hour saying these absolutely disgusting things, and they were all caught on camera and like posted, and like she was made to look like an absolute idiot. So. Because no. it was like the council of uniquely nationalistic something or other, or like like the initials spelled yeah. cunt, and then they would like they presented the award to her, and the slide changed behind her. That's right. So it was like cunt, but like it was all the all the first letters of all the words were sort of big and bold, and like they had little tiny sort of uh, the rest of the word underneath. So there's this picture of Katie Hopkins in front of a sign that says cunt, which is always lovely. Absolutely. Um. Number nine, uh, the principle of permanent struggle. Um, I guess um, I, I don't really I don't really see that as much. You know, it's like because it's still in the it, it, I would say it's definitely in the early stages. You know, but there is a sort of there, there's you know, I mean, I'm Umberto Eco. There's echoes of fascism in in this country and yeah. the way mm. that our government sort of works. Uh, mass elitism, nationality is the ultimate privilege. Oh, I mean, all you have to do is look at the. Yeah. The propaganda that we were looking at um, last time with the the one Britain one nation song that mm-hmm. they're teaching to kids, you know, the Department of um, Education was trying to sort of put uh, the cult of heroic death. I don't see that as much, to be honest. I certainly see that. That's one of the things that I absolutely loathe um, is soldiers. Um, a lot of the time, you'll see. Um, like in in, in, in in political speeches and, and stuff like that, and especially leading up to things like Remembrance Day, you see politicians being like, and of course, thank you to the troops, and it, they sort of it's almost like a, a compulsion that they have to say the troops every now, every like sort of ten seconds or something. It's it's really ludicrous. It, yeah. Like um, the one that got me was um, do you remember Colin Thackeray? And uh, no, he was a soldier who went on britain's got talent as an old man he was a i I don't i'm not going to pretend i understand the ins and outs of like the military pension system but there's this organization called the chelsea pensioners where essentially if you are a soldier you can go and live in this sort of shared accommodation and uh you get access to sort of certain utilities and stuff and you live there and they they get like a special uniform that they wear at like military parades yeah and um he came on to britain's got talent with his chelsea pensioners uniform and he sang sort of 40s songs um, things like "We'll Meet Again" by Vera Lynn and um, oh, I see. things like that, and he that was and he won um, that year. And I remember being completely like 
thinking it was bizarre because he was i mean he was an okay singer he wasn't amazing he wasn't terrible i'm certainly not better than him yeah but like i remember thinking he's one because he's old enough and he's singing songs from the 40s and people are thinking about oh battle of britain and and oh we love winston churchill and this is this brilliant sort of nationalism they're all banding together with the blitz spirit and we're all going through brexit together and it's and that was i sort of felt like that was the reason he won sort of thing which was um deeply fucked and really annoyed me i remember looking it up at the time um i forget who it was that said but um someone said to us oh yeah he fought for your country um when i was sort of expressed displeasure about uh, colin thackeray having won and somebody said well he fought for your country so i looked it up he was in the korean war um yeah. which i think was actually a war we lost so yeah. <laughs> is that so not only so okay well he was out there doing stuff but was it worth it no, it wasn't worth it. It was a war that not only did we lose it, if anything, the fact that we lost it made the entire situation much worse. Yeah. So if we'd have just never been there, no, do you know what I mean? Absolutely. That's that's the cult of heroiz- he- heroism that I see. Of um, heroic, obviously, Colin Thackeray is still knocking about, but like you do see it a lot with um, memorialising soldiers from D-Day and stuff. Like every single D-Day, they get somebody on BBC News that's either one of the last guys from D-Day or it's oh my granddad was there on D-Day and this is his service revolver and etc yeah. etc cetera, et cetera. and it I mean there are yeah it really frustrates me there are absolutely wars that are like completely justified like I think like fighting the Nazis was absolutely necessary you know but it's just the sort of it's just this sort of cult that comes with it like as if like it's it's if we could avoid war all together, you know, and just make sure that war doesn't happen, that's probably better than, you know... Yeah, I couldn't agree more. ...bolstering it every every opportunity mm. we get, you know. I think it's, it's um yeah, it's at tr- the core of my sort of political beliefs, it's like everybody is just some guy. That's everybody, literally, regardless yeah. of anything, everybody is just some guy. Yeah. And while that means that some people get a downgrade, so I think that, say, Jeff Bezos doesn't deserve to have all the money he has because he's just some guy, it means that some people get an upgrade because they don't have anything. And as they're just some guy, they get access to a house and to universal basic income and to food and to support from the state. Everybody's just some guy. Soldiers are just some guy that's just happened to be wearing a uniform that just happened to be there. Yeah, the fact I understand that some wars need to be fought. I just, I, I, it boils my blood to see this this worship of 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 of, of soldiers. It really infuriates me. Yeah, it's not, it's not the fact, it's not the war that people should be celebrating. It's the fact that we beat fucking Nazis. No, I mean that's mm. that's mm. that's the the thing that we should be celebrating. Not, you know, uh, proud Britannia with our flag flying yeah. in a sort of propagandistic way. It's the fact that people went over and fought absolutely despicable people that you know emanated some of the some of the points that our own government is emanating do you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's like it's like that should be what we're what we're worried about and sort of instead of trying to suppress journalists we should be trying to make sure that shit like the nazis doesn't ever fucking happen again um Number 12, uh, Machismo, which I definitely fucking see. Just this aggressive mm, sort of mm. mas- mas- masculinity that comes with, with um, you know, uh, oh, men need to be strong and we need to, you know, uh, one great Britain, strong Britain. Like, you know, it's the, 
that's that's a that's a tale as old as time, definitely. Yeah. Um, number thirteen, uh, notion that the leader incarnates the will of the people, which I haven't seen yet, but there is a sort I, of I sort of have, I think, to some degree. I think there's people are overly sympathetic towards Boris. I think that it's sort of um. He's considered to be more of a man of the people in a strange way of like, oh, he's doing what the people want and he's, we voted for Brexit and he's delivered Brexit. So he's going to keep delivering on these things that we want, um, which you know, I'm, obviously I don't fall into that camp. But like I have seen that and it's like um, the irony, of course, is he's not a man of the people. Didn't somebody ask him once, Boris, do you know how much a loaf of bread is? And he said, no, but I know how much, I know how much a bottle of champagne is. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I mean it's he used he's not to, at all that. He used to, when he was at school, he used to go out and burn... Uh, uh, pound notes in front of homeless people, you know, like he's not a sort of a, a very morally um, reliable human being, as far as mm-hmm. I'm concerned. And uh, last but not least, fourteen. I mean, it's it's interesting. Fourteen years imprisonment and fourteen points to recognise fascism. It sort of parallels quite nicely. Uh, yeah. New speak, which, for those of you that don't know, is a sort of um euphemistic way of of speaking coming from governments usually used in political uh, mm, mm. propaganda um which i think most governments use to sort of you know actualize their own ends you know so that's not yeah anything... the one that's frustrating me at the moment is pingdemic are you aware of this no yeah it's um it's a term which i think it sort of means um Everybody around the country is getting these constant notifications from their COVID-19 app. That's the so your phone goes ping, you've been exposed to somebody with COVID or whatever. So please isolate, please wash your hands extra, wear masks, do a, do a test, that sort of thing. Um, and it's being referred to as, as the ping-demic. But of course, that's, it's, I think it's, the, the problem I have with it is it sort of trivializes the situation of it still is a pandemic. And if you're getting the ping, it's because you've been exposed to somebody with a life-threatening disease. Yeah. Like, a life-threatening disease whose long-term implications are still not fully understood. People's fucking teeth are falling out. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> Which is so completely random as a symptom. And yet, it's just, oh, yeah, we're using infantile language to just sort of joke about with, um, oh, well, you know, it's coming to an end. It's the pingdemic. <laughs> oh, it's this bloody app. Oh, it's, it's just not working right, is it? Oh, yeah. I haven't been near anybody. Well, maybe you have. It's... Maybe we should exercise an air of extreme caution. Absolutely. It's not, it's, you know, it's taking these things too lightly in service of money and getting mm. the economy open again, you know. Um, it's just... If people just, if the government just cared about actually just keeping people alive, that would be that would be good, you know. That would yeah. be a, a good. Yeah. Thing. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. So those are the fourteen points that you sort of recognise with fascism, and the Conservative Party has definitely, you know, um, resonated Hit with the vast majority. Yeah, of them. quite yeah. a few of them, and now they're talking about censoring journalists and locking mm. them up for fourteen years. This is extremely dangerous um Mm -hmm. and either we try and stop them or we do nothing and it happens anyway so you know do your bit um protest do whatever you know you need to do to try and Mm. make it not happen and even if even if it's even if it's reposting something that you see about it or you know just just try and do something because it's like it just it'll just absolutely destroy 
any freedom and democracy that that we have in this country because ultimately yeah. that's 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 what people like this do they don't they don't care about you they don't care about me and they don't care about anyone apart mm-hmm. from themselves mm-hmm. and the sooner people realize that the better off we're going to be so mm-hmm. but that's my two cents on it uh <laughs> any final thoughts on it Lewis? uh no no final thoughts on it apart from oh bloody hell yeah oh bloody hell indeed um you can't protest it's now illegal if the government says it. yeah well there was that crime bill as well with um granting police more powers to sort of break up protest if they deemed them dangerous which see see vagueness in laws that's even more dangerous because mm-hmm. it, it makes them more discretionary and that's yeah, something completely. that you need to avoid as well but we've harped on about it for, for a bit too long now but just keep an eye out for it and do your best to try and combat it that's all you can do um indeed but um but anyway um, we are talking about the TV show Loki, and indeed we are. It was created by uh, Michael Waldron, and it's starring Tom Hiddleston, uh, Sophie De Martino, uh, Gugu Mbatha Raw, um, Owen Wilson, and Tara Strong, and other people as well. Uh, indeed. Um, do you have an opening statement? <laughs> I do. Um, I really liked this show. I think it's um it's rare you see someone doing as much acting as Tom Hiddleston does. Um but even when he's just like it it's rare, rare to see one see someone acting their ass off. It's what really got me when Sasha Dewan came on to Doctor Who. Yeah. Was like he was one of the people on screen was giving a 110% of a performance. Absolutely. That's what you see with this is lo- uh, Tom Hiddleston is really going for it and that's absolutely brilliant. Um have you got an opening statement? I do indeed. Um Probably the best of the three Marvel shows on Disney Plus that does the best job of making me look forward to Phase 4. So there you go. Um, Indeed, yeah. Um, no, I, I as you say, I really love this episode. I really... Th- uh, this show even, I think, is really good. <laughs> no, definitely. Um, and there's plenty of reasons as to why I think that. And let's... Let's, let's get into them. Let's get into the nitty-gritty. Um... First question, big question, biggest question of the night, Lewis. Um, uh-huh. Favourite iteration of Loki? There you go. Um, it's got to be Tom Hiddleston, the, the, the Loki we follow through the show. I just think there's something so very charming about him, so very good. I did enjoy Richard E. Grant as Loki. He was very good as classic Loki. What about you? Uh, alligator Loki. <laughs> alligator Loki is brilliant, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's just, he's, he's got he's got a charisma about him as a cold unfeeling animal <laughs> i did like it when um when they said how do you know he's a loki he says well he's green isn't he <laughs> it just really tickled me and, you, and he's got that helmet on as well which sort of yeah that's true the the, uh, the ram helmet um mm. um i've got a bit of a, a weird question uh hit it i want you to to make up three alternate versions of yourself oh my god okay um uh right the kind of the tva would destroy yeah the so they're like yeah variants of me that have bettered myself at earlier dates than i was supposed to yeah so um there's the variant of me that's like the depressed teenager that didn't really ever get over that um and it's now a depressed adult that's a depressing one wow. i like that one Jeez, oh. um there's yeah. the variant of me 
that was big into climbing. I was big into climbing for a bit, and then I sort of stopped enjoying it quite so much. Um, so, so that me is ripped as fuck. I would imagine by now, yeah. if I'd have kept it up and like kept it up as a hobby, I'd be really ripped. Yeah. So there's a ripped version of me in an alternate universe. <laughs> um, what else? Um, a version of me that took more creative subjects at A level. Nice. Because I did. What did I do? Like, um, I did maths, chemistry, Spanish, and computer science. So it's all very just memorize these things and then do an exam. If I'd have taken like I don't know, like a English language, English literature, art. Things like that, I would have perhaps... I would have been a very different person, I think, really. Yeah. Um, maybe it would have turboed me into the person I am now. Because I think now I'm more of a creative person than I am a learning-by-rote person. Uh-huh. So maybe I would have achieved that character development a bit earlier. I don't really know. Um, what about you? What are your three alternate versions? Oh, well... Um, let me think. Uh, ask the question. You'd think that I'd have something sort of... <laughs> <laughs> prepared uh there's the version of me where um where where uh, i actually uh get up off my lazy arse and 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 do something so they okay. so that's a oh tv would destroy that absolutely off the wall variant of myself uh the version of me that um is a is a a, a lobster you know because I've, yes, I've always liked the idea of living forever. So, you know, why not be a... Danny Lobster! <laughs> oh, God, that could be a TV show. It'd be the shittest TV show ever. Um, <laughs> it's just things happening around you, and then it's like a close-up of a lobster with your hair. Yeah, the lobster doesn't just like, even speak. What does the lobster think? And the lobster just goes... Yeah. <laughs> whatever whatever yeah. noise lobsters it's, it's, make. It's a lobster that makes a goat noise. That's the entire premise yeah, it's a of lobster the show. That, yes. Uh, it's got those goat eyes as well. <laughs> with like rectangular pupils. Yeah. Um, and last one, uh, the version of me that becomes an extremely religious, uh, pious uh a catholic priest so there you go nice maybe that version of you is so religious that you start developing like supernatural powers and you start being able to like like a paladin from like dungeons and dragons yeah. or, or, or world of warcraft or something you're like by the power of light and god and then you just like smash things with your big hammer or i become the only scottish pope there you go yes how about that the scope the scope yeah <laughs> the scope yep yep the the oh, the spawn the, the sporn, <gasps> yes. The sporn, the holy sporn. <laughs> sporn, <laughs> sporn. Well, what really... have you got in your sporn? It's just like little bits of like um, wafer. It's bits of the host. It's the bits of the wafer. Bits of red. It's like a little flask of red I wine. Keep my rosary beads mm. in there. Um, so there you you've go. got like a little, um, you know, those little spray bottles of of hand sanitizer, but it's holy water. Yeah. So then you're like, every now and then, someone's annoying you, and you just get it out and squirt them. It's clearly, you've been clearly the devil is in you, and yeah. you're just squirting them. Yeah, I spray it on my wrist, use it as aftershave. Um, <laughs> um, what about you, Darius? While we while we say some more stuff, you you give us your three best iterations of of yourself. Um, I do have a criticism that I'd like to levy at the show. Um, Hit it. I wish they would make Loki's change more gradual. Yeah, in their defence, though. 
What? In their defense, they did do that with with like the MCU movies. How it was like a gradual sort of changing of of the type of person he was. Yeah, but and then they had to like turbo catch him up to where he was. Yeah, because this isn't take twenty twelve Loki and yeah. catch him up to twenty eighteen Loki like when Ragnarok came out. He's yeah. just killed Phil Coulson. You know how? Can you remember how vicious he was in that film? Yeah, yeah. Like, and yet he's like, oh no, he's fine. It's just he's acting in a way that doesn't seem to be, um you know cohesive with the way he's acted before which was a yeah bit annoying. Uh, yeah they sort of made him a sort of full hero in in a sense you know i'd like i'd like a show where they actually made him like an anti-hero like he actually mm, did bad i think things. marvel are never going to do an anti-hero are they the punisher is as close as they get yeah and even then that's like not even do those shows even count like are they yeah are they in the, the mcu yeah, really it's weird um what about you? Do you have any any CRQs? Um, not a lot. I just I really like Mobius. Yeah. This is um, it's a strange. It's strange to see a sort of a male character just be that nice, just out and out nice and out and out kind. Definitely. It's and that's sort of a really nice thing to see. Like um, even at the right at the end, um, when Loki comes back in time, um, and he's sort of like this Kang is coming sort of thing. And then Mobius, even then, he's like really calm, just like, okay, you're an analyst. What's your name? Who are you? I want to help you. And he's he's just like a very open gestures. He's very calm. Yeah. I just really like Mobius as a character. He's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it fits with the whole sort of TVA being a sort of sort of creepy, nice sort of bureaucratic organization. Like, yeah. They'll vaporize you in one second, and then miss minutes. So it'll be like, hey, you doll, like that. You know, it's like. It's re- it makes it more creepy. Um, I do like Miss Minutes. Yeah. It was um, just quite charmingly terrifying yeah. in a funny way. Um, I've seen a theory about Loki. Are you ready for a hot theory? Go on, go on. Prepare prepare yourself for a hot theory. Pre- prepare um, your nips, folks. Uh, uh, yes, They're about to be or... blown off. Go on. <laughs> Indeed they are. Um, yeah, the theory goes that um, Kang told Miss Minutes to give um ravona the files on um kang before he's kang basically right um so then miss uh ravona gets the files goes through that time window at the end and she's going to find sort of past kang before he became an interdimensional traveler and tell him hi so you're going to be the king of everything at the end of time um so do you want to come with me and we'll sort that out that's the theory so he was lying then when he was talking about all loads of me are going to spill forth and all that. Well, I was that just. I guess part he of his was plan? maybe lying. I guess that was part of his plan, yeah. Because that's the thing is, whatever conflict would have come, it would have already happened. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like, um, as in the conflict that resulted in Kang being the leader of the TVA, rather than Immortus being the bloke they find in the castle, um, is sort of um it's already happened by the time Tom Hiddleston gets back to Mobius. Yeah. It, it his plan is sort of confusing because he's like, Oh, I need someone else to take over. Um and then if you don't and ki- and kill me then a loads of other me's are gonna spill forth and it's gonna be another multiversal war. Um Yeah. But like is that is that jet because like, it's hard to it's hard to tell because he like he, at first, he was offering them like a peaceful life, where they get yeah. to just do whatever they want. That's a good point. Yeah. So it's like because <laughs> he... you said I can just insert you into the timeline if you want. Yeah. So good what point. is it he's trying to accomplish? You know. 
um, what is his actual final uh, true motivation for everything? And by the way, um, the guy who played Kang, I really like. What a sort of yeah, he was good. You know, what it was such a unique way of like having a villain. You know, like just sort of. Mm. It's like not you know uh, I am bad. It's like just uh quirky and sort of woohoo out there. You know. Um, I think I'm looking forward to seeing. Because cause I've read a lot of comic books. I don't know if you know this about me. Um, but yeah, I've read a lot of comic books. And um, the guy the guy in the castle was Immortus. Obviously a variant of which is Kang. Kang. Or vice versa. So I think I'm going to be interested to see... Because you can see in the sort of armour that the statue is wearing at the end that the, the leader of the TVA is Kang rather than it being Immortus. So I think I I, what's really going to sell me on his performance is going to be seeing the difference between Immortus and Kang. Because Kang sort of behaves like a child. Yeah. Um, that's that's always been, in, in my eyes anyway, a kind of defining characteristic trait of his. It's like, I want what I want, and I'm going to carry on. I'm going to go around until I get it, and I'm going to hold my breath until I win that stuffed toy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's, that, that's Kang for me. So I'm going to be interested to see... Cause Immortus was quite childlike in a strange way. He was had he was quite juvenile and made sort of jokes and bits and bobs of, of yeah. off comments and stuff like that. And yet there was um, a wisdom. So I'd be interested not... to see. Yeah, that's true. So sort of mm. weird, sort of creepy, happy wisdom that came with it. Um, but yeah, no, I I I think that Kang is going to be the new bad. I hear that he's meant to be in Multiverse of Madness. Yes, I have also heard this. Um, so I think that's. Uh, I didn't really like the time travel aspect of, of it, but I'm glad that they're sort of going that direction now rather than it mm. being, you know, um, oh, it's just a one-off thing and we're never going to mention time travel again. I like the fact that yeah, they're just yeah. sort of going with it. Leaning into it. Because I feel like if you lean into it, you open the door for writers and stuff to point out the obvious flaws with it. Yeah. Of like, um, time travel is an option, but it's also a flawed option. Like, that's... I have watched Interstellar, um, which, I mean, it's kind of time travel, you know. But, like, I liked how they viewed time travel as, like, a limited resource. Yeah. Essentially, and that, that I'd, I'd like to see that delved into in future MCU projects. Absolutely. Of, like, it's it, it's a limited resource and it's it's difficult to deal with. Like, there's a there's a classic, not classic, it's fairly mid-2010s, I think. Um, a comic in which Kang, I think, is trying to win a battle against Ultron. And so he keeps going oh. backwards through time to find different sort of super soldiers for his army. So it's like every superhero he can find, every super villain he can find in the time stream ever in history and the future and everything. And he brings them all to try and defeat Ultron and yeah. it's like a whole story. But like, um, that's what I'd like to see is like um, the idea of, oh, well, Kang is, is abusing the time stream and then therefore time travel is becoming a bad option for us. I'd like to see them sort of deal with the negatives of it rather than just oh it's just a it's cure all. No, definitely. Um, it's it's um, God, it's actually quite exciting. Like I I said I said um on Friday when we did the Rick and Morty episode that um like we were talking about Loki and the stuff that that maybe they'd sort of copied from other contents. Mm. The Loki variants, I would say, is a sort of copy of Rick and Morty and how Rick and Morty have different sort of universal sort of yeah i think i get what you mean yeah you know i think it's it's kind of a trope to some degree now like um yeah it like yeah there's the there's the rick and morty obviously but there's been the council of reeds in in marvel comics are you aware of this i i am not yeah essentially the reed richards of every reality has cracked the concept of um interdimensional travel 
Um, oh. And so they all meet. It's essentially the Citadel of Rick. Well, I guess, but it's Reed Richards instead. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Um, maybe Marvel didn't copy it from from Rick and yeah. Morty. Then maybe, maybe they. Yeah, like there's a there's a Reed Richards that's like made of gas and stuff like that. Like it becomes a bit ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and I suppose that maybe is where Rick and Morty got it from. I guess so. I guess. So. Well, I've, I, okay, I take it back. <laughs> so you fucking should, big dick. <laughs> um, I I get the thing. Like, have you ever seen Umbrella Academy? I have seen Umbrella Academy. I saw the first season and I tried to watch the second season but couldn't get into it. Do you, do, you, do you get that feeling of of from this Umbrella Academy? I get that sort of feeling. The vibe, yeah. yeah. It's sort of it's um, it, this this is gonna sound weird, but it's kind of steampunk in its vibe. Yeah, like um, it's looking back at Victorian era technology and romanticizing it and saying, okay, let's do that again, but let's do it right this time. Yeah. Let's not have slavery and widespread disease and let's not have all those things. It's looking back at sort of uh, retro technology from the fifties and saying, okay, but let's do it right this time. Absolutely. Let's, let's make sort of a live action Jetsons, but do it right this time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I really like it. I really like um, like the keyboards and stuff, and the type, the typewriters. Oh, I love oh, typewriter. Wait. I fucking love a good typewriter, and the keyboards that they use are yeah. beautiful, uh, beautiful things. Absolutely. Um, but before we uh we go any further, Darius has given us his three iterations, his three variants. Oh, yeah, um, probably would be a different gender. That's the first one. That's a really good one. I'd like I'd like to mm-hmm. see a female version of myself. You know, mm-hmm. I'm sure everyone would like to see that, um, unless you're female. <laughs> um, hopefully, a better acting career. Um, well, I mean, I'm I'm wishing that the now, Darius. Um, didn't shit about in school. Yeah, I shat about in school quite a lot. Uh, so yeah, definitely. Maybe it'd be interesting to see a version of me that did shit about in school. Yeah. See, because I'm not really using any of the things I learned in school right now. So. Would it? How different would it be? Do you know what I mean? No, definitely. Um, but yeah, Darius, thank you so much. Um, yeah, thank you. But with that, maybe we should maybe we should go into the Patreon opinion section and see. Yeah, what, go on then. See what, it's um it's mainly uh Darius because Darius puts a ridiculous amount of effort into the opinions that he has on 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 these he shows. He puts more effort into this show than I do. He really does. He really does. Um, um. So let's see. You're missing. You uh, please do not pass. Skip past the spectacular pun that Aditya put into the chat. I will definitely not. Um, you you underestimate me, Lewis. Um, <laughs> well, what did you expect? Not something this goddamn good and entertaining. Everything. Uh, uh, after this will be more of a ramble. First thing, uh, it does. Ragnarok applies to Loki because he starts and ends this series alone. This shows, uh, to me, um. How they played best with the format of television, and enjoyed all the performances in the series. Uh, yeah, I I agree with that. It's um they used the format to their advantage yeah. in in this 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 case. Like I think um they learned a bit of a lesson from One Division and to to a lesser extent from Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Um, where people every episode were like, oh, it's Mephisto. Oh, when's the weird episode happening? When's the next weird thing gonna happen? So Tom Hiddleston and and Owen Wilson and the directors and everything were very confident in just saying, okay. These are the episodes where fucked up stuff's going to be happening. Make sure to watch these or the rest of it's fucking pointless. Yeah, definitely. Um, Darius then says, I'm copying your thing of a CRQ. Excellent. He's going to ask us some questions. Liz. <laughs> um, well, hey. Is Richard E. Grant Loki the same Loki the audience uh, see die in, fin- in Infinity War? 
Um, um well, that was well, that's a good question. Yeah, that was the that was the sort of thing that he was saying, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Um, sort of the implication. Yeah, the, Rich D. Grant Loki. Um, that he survived, sort of, and then yeah, created an illusion that the Mad Titan strangled. Yeah, and then hid, and then sort of came back and was captured by the TVA and sort of sent to the to the void or whatever it is, shouting out the void way. Hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I think so. I think that's what they were sort of going for, uh, but just. You know, obviously survived. Um, uh, is Sylvie a trans variant? The series tries to keep that very vague. Um, maybe, maybe. So, maybe. I mean, uh, you know, big companies like Disney are very sort of skittish when it comes to actually having a representation. Yeah, a you know? concrete. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like if uh, they'll they'll do it in a way where it doesn't affect um, their profits, and mm-hmm. sadly, um, the existence of trans people. Is something that's still fucking debated ridiculously. So you know, mm-hmm. I I would say that it's becoming, you know, more accepted and and trans people are getting more support. But until it's um ridiculous, is it? I I feel so stupid even talking about it because it's like mm. it feels mm. rather than just letting people live the way they want to live and feel as if they they have to live. It feels like a trend that Disney hops on and all these big companies yeah, hop no, on. Yeah, I know what you mean. You know, but um, I think it's the I think we're we're comfortable in saying it's the official position of shouting into the void. Trans people exist. Absolutely. Trans liberation now. Absolutely. There's there's just no two ways about it. Um, mm. void says trans rights. Yeah, we do <laughs> void that. Yep. But that's not that's not going into the void. We're we're gonna we're gonna put that into the world where it actually mm, mm. you know. Matters. All the rest of this farty nonsense is going into the yeah, void, fa- but that actual one bit that matters. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to put a big speaker on my roof and broadcast it to my neighbourhood. Absolutely. And then somebody from down the road will be like, "Sorry, my baby's been crying for 24 <laughs> hours. I can't get my child to sleep. <laughs> Too bad, fool." <laughs> um, <laughs> just shouting over my own voice. Yeah, you hear it in the background. Trans rights. Trans yep. rights. <laughs> Definitely. Um, but seriously, trans rights. Um, yes. Thoughts on Loki crushing himself? I think it's totally in character. Um, when did um, I think Loki's crushing on himself? You missed the preposition. Um, oh, so I did. <laughs> I was like, wait, wait, I when did he do um, that? Is he the root? Is he the fucking wily coyote? Uh, <laughs> no, I think it's. Um, I think it is in character for him to like himself. But I think the thing he likes about Sylvie is that she's sort of a the best possible version of himself. It's it's the version of himself that has all the characteristics that he so desperately wants, you know? Yeah, I mean, he says himself that he's a narcissist, but I don't get the feeling it's because, oh, he loves himself. I think it's because, you know, Sylvie's a, an actually interesting person, you know? Um, and it's somebody that understands the struggles he's been through and can actually say, yes, I do understand what you've been yeah, through. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it sort of felt similar to the way that um, Missy and the Doctor sort of treated each other, and mm. when when Capaldi was was the Doctor, you know that sort of weird full um, friendship, but also en- frenemy type thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, cause li- totally. Yeah. Uh, uh, we're on creepy room statements. Uh, it's good that we have a named LGBTQ plus character in the MCU. It yep. certainly is. Instead of just Joe Russo or 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 the other Russo, I can't remember which is which. But yeah, it's sat in a support group saying, "Oh, my husband, such and such." Yeah, that's not representation. No, that's that's a... that's you trying to get a badge. Yep, definitely. Um, 
if you're going to say a character is gender fluid, actually touch about it in conversation, not just written on a report form. Yeah, it feels similar yeah. to like you know when a certain piece of shit author uh, comes out and, and gives <laughs> character development after the books have been written. But um, mm-hmm. you know, no idea who I was talking about there. Um, no, no idea. Also, child Loki being kind of ripped is weird, especially since no offense to Tom Hiddleston. He really isn't ripped, but he looks amazing in a suit. Darius, did we watch the same show? Yeah, I, I, wasn't there that bit in the first episode where Loki got his clothes lasered off and he's got like abs? Yeah. <laughs> also, is I, the child a ripped? Question. Was, was the child ripped? <laughs> is there like a deleted scene that I've missed? Yeah, where I the child is like doing bicep curls. I didn't really know. I just uh, oh, there's a kid. Like you know, <laughs> like, I don't... A, it was very cute that the kid was like carrying the alligator Loki around. Like yeah, a baby. that was adorable. I thought <laughs> I loved that. I genuinely thought that the kid version was going to backstab the alligator version and. That would have broken my tiny heart. Um, <laughs> it would have. Standout performance has to go to Owen Wilson. Uh, my mate didn't even realise he was watching him. And according to the series director, Owen Wilson was attached to the role because they didn't want him to be Owen Wilson. Um, yeah, I don't... I got you. I, 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 I did enjoy Owen Wilson's performance very much. But I, I have a hard time whether knowing whether it's because I enjoy Mobius... Yeah. Or whether I enjoy Owen Wilson. Yeah, I definitely you know knew I mean? that it was Owen Wilson. It's not like he was yeah. like in a method acting sort of state where it's like, oh my god, mm. who's that? You know. So, but some act- this, um... some actors are just good at that, just being sort of iterations of themselves. You know. Yeah, yeah. And I did enjoy. Um, there's this interview bit I saw where Owen Wilson was um, said that one day Tom Hiddleston was very impressed by his performance, and he came up to him and said, um, "Owen, have you ever performed as Hamlet?" <laughs> it's just um, and Owen Wilson was like I can't imagine Ben Stiller ever coming up to wow. me and asking if I've ever done Hamlet <laughs> wow Hamlet wow um, wow <laughs> um, Loki was a lot of interesting uh, has a lot of interesting shots and the music is great uh, in the series worth nothing uh, worth worth nothing you're worthless L'Oreal uh, worth noting the director and compulsor are both women um excellent good stuff i i did really enjoy the shots this is sorry i'm running over the more important part of the sentence to get to my boring thing that i noticed um in the first thor movie there is a almost insane amount of dutch tilt um yeah which is you know it's just meant to represent oh the character's got weird intentions but in this series there's a lot of dutch tilt yeah um especially in the final few episodes where it's like oh everything's topsy-turvy nobody knows what's going on sort of thing i really liked that and i really note i liked the through line as well of um it would be of like it's sort of it's sort of like a loki would it would be so easy for loki to fall back into his old habits yeah. and become the loki from thor one but no he's actively he's desperately trying to better himself and i think that was really nice did you know that kenneth um, branagh directed the first thor film i did know that yes. i didn't fucking know i was like oh my god what <laughs> uh, it's just so weird um interesting the series finale ends with loki trying to do the right thing and Loki, as a character, has a lot of growth over six episodes from wanting to rule the universe to just wanting a company and acceptance from friends and family. Mm, mm. Are you both now excited about the future of the MCU? Yes. Yes. I certainly am, because it was needing something, you know? It was like... Because mm-hmm. the WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier are very sort of contained stories, so they needed something to sort of push the whole sort of train along, if you know what I mean. Um mm. But uh, thank you, Darius, uh, for for yeah. that. Um, 
Uh, Darius had a good line that you skipped over a bit then. Uh, Loki was the most honest line in MCU history by saying no one is truly good or bad. It, um, it's, 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 yeah, this is one of my great problems with superhero movies is they have a, a really shit take on ethics. But like, um, it, like if the Joker got a restraining order against Batman, Batman wouldn't want to break the law by going and hunting down the Joker. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's a really shitty take on that law and lawfulness and stuff. Um, but I did enjoy that it sort of dealt with, uh, tried to deal with being sort of morally gray in a more interesting way of like people just do stuff. And we attached meaning to that. Absolutely. So I think that's sort of... Um, it's interesting to see that actually be explored, which is quite nice. Yeah. Um, Darius yeah, just... uh, says, will season two be a whisper? That could be yes. interesting. Yeah, definitely. Yes, definitely. I, I will be accepting... I will do it without Danny. <laughs> Danny is, like, drunk or something. I'll just do it without There's Kang. Kang. <laughs> but yeah i really like this show i can't wait for season two yeah. um a teacher said i heard that loki is low-key amazing hey boy oh that's good i like that um and that is also a good reminds me of a good bit of wordplay here we go um in the show um sylvie says to loki are you drunk and he goes no i'm full um that is wordplay in another language how good's that, that it's because um norwegian is the language that loki is singing in which is meant to be asgardian i think yeah and um in norwegian the word for full on the world for drunk are very similar they sound very similar wow. so it's like he's making a bit of a joke about oh it's like a pun so i just i don't know i just really really like that it's a, yeah um, it's, it's such a tiny minute detail that just sort of makes yeah. it yeah um, um, if I haven't mentioned this, Miss Minutes somehow gave me a jump scare. Yeah, Miss Minutes gave me a jump scare yeah, too. Me too. I I don't like the I don't like jump scares. I think then they're, they're a, not a not an integral part of good horror. I like them when they're used even, yeah. effectively. Yeah, they can be used effectively, definitely. But I think they are often not. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> um, but yeah. Well, thank you, Darius and Aditya, for your yes. wonderful. Uh, uh, comments and uh do you have any sort of extra stuff lewis in terms of uh, any extra stuff in terms of oh, let me have a think um i want tom hiddleston to get that helmet from ragnarok again that one yeah. where it's just kind of a headband that was just looked so fucking cool it really and he did. took it off his head and smacked people oh it was so good oh. <sighs> i love tom hiddleston he's really good he's a brilliant actor yeah definitely um try to just think uh just watching Loki, like all of this is great. <laughs> um, it, oh yes, sorry. A final thing. Um, these watching all these Marvel series in quite such quite such quick succession, like we have been doing. Yeah, it's made me like sort of get like a Pavlovian response to the um, the Marvel fanfare. It's like all of a sudden, all over again. Now I hear it, and I'm getting like goosebumps, and I'm like, yeah, I'm in for something good. It's like it's I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm excited for Marvel again. It's great. Yeah. Well, because, like, you know, when, when Thanos was, like, coming around the corner, um, mm. it was like, oh, shit, everyone's going to hit the fan. And when the Infinity trailer dropped, I was like, shit, this is going to be amazing. So it's like, yeah. it, you know, and they, they've done it in a different way as well, like, introducing like, sort of the big next level threat rather than just another film where there's a post-credit sequence. Like, they've, they've dropped mm. probably what's going to be concerning the next five or ten years of the Marvel Cinematic true, Universe true, in a TV yeah. show on Disney Plus, so mm. which you know switches it up a bit, but um, mm. 
Uh, there's an Instagram filter with Loki horns. Wonderful. Yeah, I think I think you posted a, a picture in the in the the chat with yourself with the the horns. So that was kind of. Mm. I do like that the Lokis seemingly can't quite agree on what the horns are. Because obviously in real life there are lots of different types of horns, like ram's horns or little tiny Darth Maul horns. Yeah, exactly. Or like great big sort of deer antler type horns. Um, I like that none of the Lokis can quite agree. It's nice to see sort of, oh this Loki has got golden ram's horns and Sylvie's got the the horns where one of them's like a little bit broken off. And I don't know, it's it's just really cool. Absolutely. Um, But I think I'm out of notes. Uh, I am also out of notes. Yes. Do you have a closing statement? Um, I do. Really good show. Can't wait for season two. Full stop. Amazing. Uh, I like this show and it's nice to be able to look forward to something again. And it doesn't feel as self-contained as the other shows can feel like. It feels like part of the bigger sort of story overall, which, you know, is refreshing. Definitely, yeah. So, um, um sorry, what were you going to say there? I was just going to say, we've got a bit of extra bullshit. Bullshit to Electric Boogaloo. Yes, we do. Um, Whoa. Are, you, are you ready? I am, I'm ready. Spin that wheel, and then tell me when it stops spinning. <laughs> Woo! It's still spinning. It's still okay. spinning. It's still yep. spinning. Uh-huh. It's yep. still... Spin- it's stopped. Ooh. Ooh, hey! hey. Um, have you heard the news about the next season of Doctor Who? No. We talk about Doctor Who a lot on this show, dear listener. I don't know if you've noticed... Um, but we have a lot of opinions. Doctor Who are abandoning um, previous sort of structures and going for a be one overarching uh, storyline for the entire series, and every episode will have a cliffhanger. Oh my god, that's what do we think about that? That's very interesting. I like. I, I kind of. I, I, I'm kind of excited. Um, Me too. That because like, I mean, at the end of the day, that's what One Division fat was. And Loki were going for. Yeah, but is that just is, copying is this, them? Is this one overarching story? I imagine so, yeah. Because it's what a lot of shows are doing nowadays. Um, a lot of sort of modern produced TV shows are sort of um, taking the idea of one overarching narrative of just a movie and then cutting it up into six episodes or whatever. Yeah. Um, it... So maybe we'll get one or two little anthology type episodes in the series, but I think it's all just going to be one big story. That's what I was going to say. Look, TV shows are just becoming shorter and shorter. Like it used to like in America, it used to be like twenty-two episodes a season. Yeah, and yeah. then it became like thirteen, and sometimes it's ten. But now it's like going down to like on on six, six <laughs> yeah. and eight. Like it's like I hope that we're not like losing like important sort of you know character stuff. Mm. Like I I mentioned I mentioned Breaking Bad and on Friday, but like Breaking Bad, it was like it was twenty episodes a season for six seasons. Yeah, no, it was thirteen, I think. Oh, okay. And it was sixteen, um, in the in the last season. But like, even though that's like you know it's thirteen hours of television, like it, it gave it gave you time to sort of see these characters sort of change. And I think I, I worry that like if it's just six episodes, that's a lot of sort of development to go through and a lot of plot to go through at the same time. Um, mm, mm. so I'm I'm a bit I'm a bit wary of it, but I do like that Doctor Who is switching up a wee bit. And as do I yeah because the narrative that, that's been the problem has been that there's either yeah. too there's both too much and not enough overarching narrative and so maybe just a complete overhaul of it will help massively I think it, I think it's going to help Chris Chibnall a wee bit more because he yeah I think so like when he did Broad, oh, the Chibster yeah the big Chivers um, he you know he obviously did Broadchurch which is a show that follows on from each episode 
and mm. and Broadchurch is very very good. Um, it's a very good show. It's very well written. You know. Um, Can so... I tell you a secret? Go on. I have not watched Broadchurch. <gasps> Fucking David Tennant and Olivia Coleman. Oh my god! I know. God. I know. It's one of my great shames is that I haven't actually watched it. And Jodie Whittaker's in that as well, and she's fantastic. It's like, but mm-hmm. maybe it's maybe it's a bit easier for him, and it's 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 going to make it a bit more sort of. Uh, in his sort of ballpark, and maybe him, you know, having it, having having it more like classic sort of series was just a bit sort of, a bit difficult for him, um, because like you got you got with like previous Doctor Who seasons with like Russell T Davies, like, there were sort of hints sprinkled mm. throughout the season about you know what the what the big bad was going to be, um, mm. or the big sort of threat. Whereas you would get a little bit of that. With like you, you got an episode with Tim Shaw, at the, you know the first episode of season, uh, eleven, yeah, and then he he showed up at the end, uh, of of season mm. eleven, which was, um, odd. Yeah, I mean <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, the tooth fairy or whatever the the, the guy. So it's like just it was completely out of nowhere. Um, mm. and what was what was season twelve? There was obviously there was Sasha Dewan. Uh, as the master, which was yeah, and then there was that middle episode with with the new doctor uh, Ruth. So I mean that was that was like I think I think it it was I think Chippers is desperate for it to follow on from each other. Mm. You know I think mm. that is his bread and butter. Bit, yeah. You know it's, it seems that he was hinting towards that the timeless child arc. Oh fuck yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, it's been so long since I've thought about Chibbers' era of Doctor Who that I'm like oh no. <laughs> What a load of work. <laughs> I'm remembering how weird it all was and how kind of crap it all was. Yeah. I watched a really good good um video on it called The Fall of Doctor okay. Who. And you know, Is that that five hour video yeah. essay that I've seen in my YouTube recommendations? Yeah, it's really good and it explains a lot about the problems with with, mm. with Chibber's sort of era. Um so it's not just us being bitter shits, you know. A lot of this same stuff was said. I mean, don't get me wrong; I am a bitter shit. <laughs> but um, yeah. But um, no, I'm excited. I want. I want to see how it goes. You know, like no one, no one watching Doctor Who wants it to fail. No. That's the thing. We yeah. want it to be good. We That's want the frustrating to be entertained. Thing, yeah. You know. Um. But we'll see. I guess. Um. What about, what about you, Lewis? Do you have any, any, any sort of hot takes or thoughts um, on that? I'm I'm afraid that's it for now. I just, I don't know, I, I want Doctor Who to be good again. Yeah. There's there's so much good sci-fi out there. And I, I absorb a lot of sci-fi just through... Because it's probably sci-fi, maybe horror, are like my favourite genres. So I'm always on the lookout for like a good sci-fi TV show or a good sci-fi book especially. Yeah. So it's just frustrating to me when... We get to a point where it's like, oh, the new series of Doctor Who's coming out, and it's a bit shit. Yeah. It's like, well, okay, can we just please try this time? No, definitely. Can we please just have a go at making something new and different and good? That was what got me so excited about the last season of Doctor Who, was that it got progressively better as the series went on. Yeah. I remember, as we were doing the whispers, every single episode I was like, oh, this is getting better. Oh, this is getting better. Oh, this is getting better. Yeah. And then the final episode just shit all over itself, and I was like, oh, well, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was like, there was, they were doing stuff that was different, and while a lot of the episodes were a hit or a miss, like Orphan 55 and and the, the, the oh, what was it called? Praxis, is that it? 
the, yeah. the plastic yeah. one. It was like, yeah. uh, oh, I can't even fucking remember. But like the introduction of the the other doctor, the lone Cyberman. Like these were like, and yeah, really good, really exciting. The haunting of of uh, what's it called? Villa Diodati. Yeah, that is like because it's Mary Shelley, and there's this literal epitome of Frankenstein's monster walking about. That like, that's interesting. That's really mm. a, a a really cool interesting concept but obviously it's just with execution you know it all comes down to that because some of the stories Mm. are just like wow that's a really good idea and then it's just it's as if it doesn't have faith in its own sort of premise you know um but i think this i think this structure will really help chibnall in a way that it has yeah i think you might be right you know Mm. and it might you know keep people more engaged i would say but Mm-hmm. I guess we'll see. Um, Indeed, maybe maybe they're hoping for like a bit of a Twitter mob to form, of like, oh, what's going to happen next week in Doctor Who? Yeah, look, look, oh, is it going to be look, Alligator Doctor? Look, Love Island you know I mean? at the moment. Love Island's on, and like every time I my... go to great lengths to avoid Love Island. <laughs> um, so, and not only do I not know that Love Island's on, I actively do not want to know that Love Island is on. Yeah, it's um, it's a guilty pleasure of mine. I watch it with. I watch it with my girlfriend, so it's like, it's, you know, while I hate everyone in the show, <laughs> I, I do love a bit of fucking needless, vapid drama in my mm. life, you know? Well, I do, I do love a bit of reality TV. It has to be said. I do love reality TV. And I think while there are reality TV shows that have been really nailing it, like RuPaul's Drag Race has won about a million Emmys every year for the last decade. Yeah. But, like, uh, there are also reality tv shows like love island that are just they exist to be a guilty pleasure do you know what i mean absolutely by the way nobody ever talks about this how fucked up is it that two people that have been on love island have killed themselves yeah how fucked is that i think it's more i think it's three is it jesus caroline flack who was the host oh god yeah of course and there was and there was two other uh contestants i mean like jeremy kyle was taken off there after one person killed themselves so mm, it's like, mm. i mean as much as i i treat it as a guilty pleasure if less people kill themselves if the show is like put off then put it off immediately yeah Do you know what i mean there's no, there's no sort of two ways about it um but we've went into love island now so maybe we should yeah. we should do a bullshit for that another time <laughs> indeed indeed but, um, um go on i've got some shilling to do then yes we absolutely do um lovely stuff we all have link trees. <laughs> uh, Lewis's link tree is linktr.ee slash Lewis underscore Brindley. Mine's is slash O'Hiram. And the podcast is slash Shouting Into The Void. There you will find all our socials, our YouTube, our Instagram. Go check us out. See what you like. And uh, report back if you find it good. <laughs> yeah, it'll be news to us. <laughs> um, we have a PayPal donate button, so anything you can spare, anything at all, would be uh, greatly appreciated. Uh, we also have Patreon. And we want to take the opportunity, as we do every week, to thank our wonderful, wonderful patrons. Uh, Chloe. Thank you. Darius. Thank you. Peter. Thank you. Aditya. Thank you. Richard. Thank you. Natalie. Thank you. And Dougie. Thank you, one and all. You truly do make the show possible, and you allow us to keep on making making it just how we want to make it. Um, so thank you very, very much for enabling us in the very, in the strangest way to make this fantastic show. So thank you. Absolutely. And uh, last but certainly, no, no, wait, no, back up. Um, we also have merch. Sorry, what was that noise? That's that's backing up. Yeah. Uh, 
Oh, of or, course, or the, a, the universal sound for backing yeah, up. Yeah, or a broken seesaw. Uh, <laughs> we also have... surely, hang on, whoa, whoa, surely a broken seesaw wouldn't make any noise because it would just be down. It wouldn't. It wouldn't move. Lewis, I'm wanting my lunch here, right? <laughs> uh, we also have merch on Teespring and Redbubble. Uh, we sell tote bags, jumpers, uh, t-shirts, uh, mugs, uh, tote bags, jumpers. <laughs> Uh, so go have a look see what you like t-shirts mugs yeah yeah them. mugs t-shirts oh, i didn't mention them tote bags <laughs> jumpers mugs t-shirts <laughs> so go have a look see what you like and uh, treat yourself you know treat yourself christmas is nearly here uh no, yeah. no it isn't it's july <laughs> um christmas therefore is nearly here yeah absolutely you got a tesco you got all the christmas decorations are up absolutely you get your get your christmas crackers early yeah Woo. Don't, you know, make sure to say Merry Christmas instead of Happy Holidays because the war on Christmas is destroying the the Christian tradition of, of Christmas. <sighs> what, mm. Watch H Bomber Guy's video, it's funny. Yeah, um, H Bomber Guy made a good video about that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, and last but certainly not least, we are partnered with an amazing company called Number 12 Crochet Avenue and Lewis is going to say some wonderful things about them, all of which are true. Indeed I am. Number 12 Crochet Avenue is a wonderful company run by my wonderful wife in which they crochet and they're very good at it too. Uh, they like to do all sorts of beautiful, very aesthetically pleasing crochet. Uh, so if you would like to get that, check that out and, and, and bless your Instagram feed with some wonderful additions, you can go to at number 12 Crochet Avenue on Instagram and take a take a cheeky look and a, give it a cheeky follow and a cheeky like and a cheeky everything else. Uh, and thank you very much. That would mean the world. Absolutely. Well, um... That's us, I think. That is us. Um, so, for those of you that don't know, Black Widow is out on Disney Plus, right. but it's Premier Access. So we may do Black Widow at some point to sort of complete the Marvel set. I mean, we we you mm. know we need, to, but for now, Marvel is done. We've talked yes, about Marvel for, for too yeah. long. <laughs> We're gonna have a bit of a break from Marvel. Do some do some more independent stuff, eh? Yeah, definitely. And speaking of which, are you ready to hear what we're doing next week, Lewis? No. Well, tough. Whee! It's still going. It's still going. It's still going. It's still... Train spotting. Yes. It's a it's a, mm. a cult classic. There's one. Oh. Jesus. Uh, it's a cult... Cl- <laughs> Avanti. Uh, it's a cult classic. There's another one. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cult classic uh, directed by Danny Boyle and it was based on the book by Irvin Welsh and it's mm-hmm. it's depressing as fuck but yeah you know it's you know you got to you got to take it down a peg you know Lewis said that he wanted depressing and Rick and Morty so here we are um so yeah uh I wonder what we'll do next week when we're talking about this if I say I want a really happy one what would Danny suggest a uh, happy feet I'll be like um <laughs> have you ever seen that Max Miller quote about happy feet 3 no he said, um, if you put a gun to my head and told me that I had to write a script for Happy Feet 3, I would tell you to shoot me. Well, I mean, I reckon I could do some, some justice to the Happy Feet uh, franchise. Happy Feet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You know, I could take it in a new direction. Um, I just want to thank Darius, who is in uh, the yes. Boy Channel at the moment. Um, we have, we have uh, a few patrons, as we've said, but Darius seems to be incredibly sort of you know he's a he's a stickler for sticking with us because it takes us a couple hours to do this and darius mm. just happily sits there and listens 
listen to us ramble about a load of shite. So Darius, you're a good egg, and and thanks for your continued support. It really means. It yes, really means thank a you lot very very us. much, Darius. It does mean the world. Yeah. Um, but I think that's us. I think you're right. I think it is us. Yes. So um, yeah, we will uh, see you, hear you, smell you. Um, uh, create a weird, a bureaucratic uh, thingy to. To protect the citadel tight. of Boyd. Yeah, citadel of yep. citadel of Lewis and Danny's. Um, yeah, um, it'll just it'd, yeah, different versions of me and you. Yeah, that would be fucking pointless. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll look we'll, that Lewis and Danny just killed each other. <laughs> that's just it. oh look that one did too. Yeah. Oh look that pair did. They're all doing it. Yeah, ah! Every every Lewis and Danny has killed each other. And we're the only ones left because we're so banal and benign that we just can't be bothered. So that's the... We're the ultimate boring... Uh, uh, yeah. Absolutely. Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to try and get cartoons, mate, because we have like, our, our podcast art. So I'm going to get mm, like mm. three cartoons made of like different variations okay. of us. And we can do that for when Loki comes out again. Sounds excellent. Yeah, yeah. we'll do it for the whispers. Absolutely. But um, until then... We will see you here, you smell blah, 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 blah. Goodbye. Yes, thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.